Enterprise Intelligence is a weekly video series that talks to industry experts, global thought leaders, and seasoned knowledge workers about how they're tackling their information challenges, embracing new technologies, and moving the needle on performance. Hosted by Shiny Docs founder and CEO, Jason Cassidy. Today I'm joined by Mark Diamond. He's an information governance thought leader. His company, Conturo, has helped more than 30% of Fortune 500, plus many mid-sized and smaller organizations. As a trusted advisor, his company helps bridge legal, compliance, and business needs and policies with effective legal and IT strategies and processes. Mark is the founder and president, CEO of Conturo Incorporated. Under his leadership, Conturo has grown to be the largest independent provider of information governance strategic consulting services. Thanks for joining me, Mark. It's nice to talk to you again. Thanks, Jason. Happy to be here. We do information governance all day long. We do assessments and roadmaps and policies and schedules and something called the data placement strategy. And we help organizations do behavior change management and training and legacy data remediation, as well as organization development, soup to nuts around information governance. And we do it for just about everybody. We do more of this information governance than anybody else out there. We're the largest independent provider. We don't sell any products. We don't store any documents. We don't do any e-discovery. We don't even take referral fees on any of those, we are completely independent, which is something that our clients like. Perhaps the best time to bring you in is the tip of the spear when they're trying to develop their strategy initially. Is that correct? Yeah, we oftentimes, and I should say most often get brought in when companies saying, hey, we need to do something. We got to figure out what to do and how much to do and at what rate and what level of maturity and who should we involve and what are the pieces and how do we do it? We will often get engaged early in the process and assess what their current capabilities are and the current maturity is, as well as helping them figure out what the target should be, what are the gaps. Apps, how do you go after that? And when we engage, we oftentimes engage with the full gamut of stakeholders, legal, records management, privacy, information security, IT, business units, senior management, really the whole organization, the whole enterprise, helping them get to a better state for information governance. Are, are the customers actually surprised often that there's such a plurality? There's so many different entities that have to come in and in their roles have to be touched by this information governance? It used yeah. to be that. We used to see, and traditional records programs was oftentimes they'd build a records retention schedule and somebody would sit in a conference room and uh, or in a law firm and do it and just send it out and say, hey, we're done. I think that many companies doing modern programs, if they don't know already, they quickly learn the fact that the more that you engage a wide variety of stakeholders, A, the easier it's going to be on you because these are almost undoable if you're a single group because they really require a number of different skills and a number of different areas of expertise. And second of all, it's a really heavy lift if you're going to try it by yourself. And so one of the first things we try and work with our clients is how do we engage other stakeholders and how do we make this not just a legal or an IT pro project, but how do we make this an enterprise-wide initiative that really pulls in and gets the consensus and buy-in from all the key stakeholders as well as the business units. Without giving too much away of the secret sauce, could you talk about how a successful your project goes and then what is left behind for the organization for them to proceed? We help our clients guide and, and we always tell them up front saying, we're going to help you build the airplane, but pretty soon you're going to have to fly it. We want you to participate and be with us as we go all the way through. Companies quickly realize that these programs involve records management and retention data privacy, 
data security classification, e-discovery and legal holds come into it. A huge driver of these programs is an employee productivity and collaboration. What are we doing to be able to share the information? And all of these drivers not only have to work together, but they have to be synthesized both from a policy basis, as well as integrating with technology, as well as integrating with day-to-day employee training and practices. And so they realize, hey, we, if we want to be smart about this, we have to make all these pieces work together. And many companies will sometimes they'll get, sometimes it's okay to start a little tactically. That's okay. But they realize to execute this, we need to take a big picture view. What are the drivers? Like, you know, for our organization, sometimes we're brought in after perhaps a failure of an audit or an easy enterprise content management program that isn't going as fast as it should. Maybe you could talk about some of the drivers that get people to pick up the phone and talk to you. Yeah, there's sort of two sets of drivers. Sometimes something bad happens. As you say, they've been through a bad e-discovery, or maybe they went through a regulatory finding and they say, hey, we need to do that. And although, to be honest, right after something bad has happened, usually organizations are so shell shocked. It's hard for them to take a, a proactive. A lot of times they'll see this sometimes happen in other organizations and peer comp- in companies, their competitors or peers and say, wow, I'm glad that didn't happen to us. We need to be able to do that. Sometimes it will be because, hey, we're about to roll out a new product suite. We're going we're gonna to go into the cloud or we need to be able to do something. And they realize, oh, before we can do that, we have to address these issues. Sometimes it's because, hey, we just need to work smarter and we realize we don't. And, and so it could be any one of those. And by the way, it's not uncommon as we go through different stakeholders to have all those different drivers, but any given stakeholder, you know, the litig- litigator saying, we got to be better at e-discovery. The privacy people saying, oh my gosh, we have to do subject access requests. The records managers going, my gosh, we're out of compliance. The business unit saying, we got, I can't find anything. IT throwing up their hands saying, we have piles of data everywhere. And so oftentimes a single program will drive all of those. Usually it's the compliance and risk that are the initiators, although it's interesting. The big driver in these programs, once companies really get to know is they go, okay, we can be compliant and we can reduce the risk. Those are good. The the union card, if you will, the money slide is the employee productivity and collaboration. Because that's something that everybody really goes across the organization. So that tends to be not always realized first, but that tends to be something that organizations go, oh, we really need to do that. And they also find out that if they can present that crisply and articulately to senior management and and credibly, that's something that will get funded. I'd imagine there's some difficulty in there. Like we've seen it before where we have a customer who has implemented some program and they've saved $250,000 a year on storage, backup, electricity, and, and services costs. And at the same time, they've gain 45 minutes a day in worker productivity across 4,000 users, you would think that 45 minutes of the day is a slam dunk, but often the bean counters look at the $250,000 of savings as that hard thing because the other thing is too hard to measure. Do you find that you run into that? Yes. So we actually talked, we have a white paper on this, as a matter of fact. When we talk about ROI, we like to divide the ROI in terms of hard cost savings. Hey, we're going to we're gonna reduce offsite paper storage. We're going to save data storage. Those are okay sometimes. The offsite storage is a big win. The data storage is sometimes good. We may be able to eliminate some future cost if we have a major litigation. Now, the problem with that is nobody knows, usually you don't know what the litigation is going to look like. Sometimes you say, hey, I can see this coming down. A lot of times the really big matters sort of come out of the blue and nobody next year, if we have a two year, a year and a half from now, we have a huge matter. It's going to save a lot of money, but maybe, maybe all is going to be quiet on the Western front for a while. Sometimes there's a risk based associated with it saying, Hey, if we get ding for privacy or we get a fine from a regulator, or we quite frankly, just get a regulatory inquiry that could be huge. But again, that's one of those things. Will it happen? Won't it happen? 
And the fourth thing is actually a very strong driver, but it's very squishy. We call it a squishy ROI, which is employee productivity. We all know it happens, but is it really 45 minutes? We always like to say it's on average three hours per week, but for some people it could be as much as 10 hours. And for some people it could be as little as five minutes. And intuitively we know there's this tremendous variance. So when we present to senior management, we present all four ROIs. We say we could save on this, we could save on this, we could save on this. And we got this squishy one over here, and we're asking you as a senior manager to make a judgment call on this. If you push me on the employee productivity 45 minutes or an hour or three hours a week or wherever it's going to be, I'll be the first one to say that can vary greatly. We know it's real, and I can give you examples. I can give you quotes from employees to show you how it's real, but that's a hard thing to measure. Good senior management, if you're presenting at the right level, gets it. And matter of fact, they appreciate the fact that you're being very candid with them in the quality. And, and by the way, hey, we may have a big e-discovery bill or we could go scot-free for three years by doing nothing because nothing can happen. Smart senior managers recognize this and appreciate the fact that you're doing and it's, it, it. Matter of fact, it makes their job easier. The, the worst thing you can do is saying, you're going to save $16,547,300 X amount per year. Well, why do you say that? And so you have to, it's how you present it to senior management that actually gets the buy-in. And it's okay to say, I'm not quite sure on this, but I think it's there. Yeah, like it's not just because everybody saves 15% of their day. You're not going to lay off 15% of your workforce. You might be 15% more productive. And then you'll right. see the revenue so from that maybe a year from now or something. Like it, it is squishy. I agree with if, you. If, but if they really do believe it, it is huge. That's a huge driver. And companies will invest in it and they'll take action. And you'll and most important, by the way, the other really one one hallmark of very successful programs is they earn senior management support. It it it's not typical that senior management gets it because they're going to say, what the heck is this information governance? And what do you, what do you, I mean, not say that to your face, but as you're presenting to them, they're going to go, what's this thing on the agenda? Why are we talking about this? These successful teams help build a business case and get the support of senior management who then helps across the other stakeholders drive the overall initiative. If you try and do it without senior management support, it's going to be very difficult. If you do it with just senior management support, but no other stakeholders, it's going to be very difficult. The most successful organizations articulate a reason why this matters to us and are, quite frankly, very successful then in using that to leverage their program. I'd love to peel back the incredulity of the executive. Is it along the lines of they they just don't know or do they truly understand if you take something as tangible as an engineer like with the real life mechanical engineer these types of people where they would admit that 90 percent of what they do is collaboration and research and finding the right information verifying it's the right information and then 10 percent would be actually the stuff that they learned in school applying their proprietary engineering skills there would be a lot of meat left on the bone as far as optimizing workforces, if everybody truly agrees with that. So where, where do these executives land on that? Are they, do they not know or do they just know, but they don't trust that maybe this program is going to attack this? I'm going to challenge, like, pretend I'm a senior executive and you're a presenter. I'm going to challenge your credibility. So put yourself in the place of a senior executive. They have many more strategic, helpful proposals then they have resources to be able to do. And so all every quarter, every month, every year, we should do this, we should do this, we should do this. And the we shoulds greatly outnumber what you actually can do. So first thing they have to do is figure out 
The second thing they're going to ask themselves, is this really, are we really going to get the results or are they just promising this stuff? Because they're saying to themselves, we've done projects before that had these great promises that if we have, if we achieve that promise, but quite frankly, and by the way, these may not be records projects. These may be other types of projects that are great promises that we actually didn't do. So that's one of the drivers associated with it. The next one is the patience factor. Too often we say, we got to do this and we got to do this and we got to do this. And a year and a half or two years later, we're going to be, see some real business results. And quite frankly, if you're a senior executive, it's, I can't go that long. I can't afford to go for a year and a half and then maybe hope that I get the result. You have to divide this into individual pieces out there. The, the final thing that, that the senior management is you have to make it real. One of the mistakes that people make when presenting to senior management is they get, get highfalutin. They talked about information, governance, frameworks, and standards, and strategies, and they think the more highfalutin language they can use, the more persuasive they can be. And, and the reality is the opposite. The, the higher you talk to a senior executive, the more plain spoken you need to be, the more real world examples. Hey, I have somebody in marketing who lost their laptop and they gave their laptop back because they left the company true story. And the only place that we had the collateral material was on this person's laptop and we lost it. So we had to rehire our outside marketing firm to redevelop the collateral that we had that we lost that cost us thousands of dollars. I can show you an a, a case in engineering. I can show you this. So the more real life examples in their organization, you can show them to say that and admit to them, say, yes, I'm clearly cherry picking some of these so I can show you, I get that. And you're being honest with them. You have to make it real and credible. The final thing I said, the final thing, which we find very persuasive is that we do industry, we do a lot of industry benchmarks. We'll go to uh, insurance or we'll go to pharma or we'll go to banking or we'll go to manufacturing and we'll go to that company and we'll say, okay, give us 10 of your peers, give us 10 other global manufacturing companies. And we will then, because many of these we already work with, or if we don't work with them, we know them, we will do an industry benchmark that assesses all the different levels. And we can show what their maturity is versus your peers. Now we don't tell which company is at which level. They're all anonymized at that point, because we obviously have to preserve the confidentiality with the permission of our of the company's information we use. But but I can say, hey, we looked across these companies and we're behind versus our competitors. So even if they don't really quite understand what this thing called information governance is, they know that their competitors, whom they respect, are doing something and we're not, maybe we should do something too. So that's the other very powerful thing. So too often we want the executives to be smart where we're the ones that have to be smart in how we present and engage and convince them. I'm happy to wear the rebuke mark because I will admit for sure, like myself, as we're a software company, we want to sell software. And, and it doesn't mean that, that we believe that everybody should just buy from us or whatever. But I do believe that we will always err on the side of what we consider to be progress. And we just assume that everybody else does the same thing. And it's not that a executive might disagree. They, they might say, for sure, this is progress. However, what investment and what risk am I willing to take on for what type of payback is... Right. And how does that compare against other things that I could invest in? And how do I prioritize sure. those? And what am I going to be able to fund this year? And what's my confidence level that if I do fund them, I can actually get the return on what they have? That's how a senior executive thinks. And they're not, they're not 
stupid. We sometimes think, gosh, they're a dummy. They don't get it. They're not a dummy. They're very, they got to where they are by making these tough decisions. And by the way, sometimes we could present the best business case in the world and they're going to say, sorry, we don't have time for it. That's okay. Keep your initiative in your back pocket. If something bad happens or if they change, hey, we have a significant litigation. We have to spend millions of dollars on an e-discovery firm or we have a privacy breach. Hey, by the way, we have a way of fixing this. Remember what we talked about six months ago and we're ready to go. You don't hope for this, but turn that crisis into an opportunity to say, hey, we're ready. What we talked about before, we'll be able to leverage it. If you're in this industry long enough, and especially if you're an in-house practitioner, you just need a level of agility and patience. And the very best people at this are the those that have both of those factors. 